Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's word that guides my words to you today comes from the New Testament book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 14, and then 36 through 47. Um, please open up your pure Bible to page 1091 as I read through the text, and then have your Bible open during the course of the sermon. Again, Acts chapter 2, first verse 14, and then we jump ahead to verse 36. Bible page 1091. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Verse 36. Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Hail to the Lord of earth and heaven. Praise to you by both be given. God has now fulfilled his word. Praise the resurrected Lord. Amen. Some of you are familiar with the 1974 Western spoof, Blazing Saddles. I probably shouldn't admit this in public, especially as your pastor, but back in the day, I thought this movie was hilarious. Along with Young Frankenstein, it was a Gene Wilder classic. And I doubt that the movie would be shown today. Bart becomes the first black sheriff of Rock Ridge, a town that's about to be destroyed for a new railroad. He knows that he'll never defeat the forces of his villain, 
Headley Lamar. So he tells the townspeople, before the sun comes up, we're going to build on this site an exact replica of the town of Rock Ridge. And that's what they do. Everything. Buildings and people overnight. Nothing is real. No one is real. All the buildings and all the people are just pieces of plywood held up to look like the real thing. Everything and everyone are fake. Does that perhaps describe some of our relationships? From the outside, everything looks fine. We have a real friendship with someone. But on the inside, much deeper, something is lacking. We may not be able to pinpoint what it is that is missing, but there is something missing. A relationship may seem a bit like a Hollywood set. It looks good on the outside, but there's little, if anything, on the inside. There's no depth to the relationship. Now, what causes this? And how do we go about changing a shallow, uh, meaningless relationship into something deeper and more meaningful? Or keeping in mind the theme of today's service, how do we go about building a community of believers. As we spend some time with our God in his word today, let's let him reveal to us the secret to building a community. We'll see that everything begins with our relationship with him. For when that's right, then our relationships with others can be even more meaningful than we would ever expect. My next step, building a community. Start vertically up with God and grow horizontally out with others. The Apostle Peter is preaching a sermon in our text today. It's been 50 days since Easter. Jesus has triumphantly risen from the dead. The Holy Spirit has uh, moved in Peter's heart a real change. He's now a daring disciple of Jesus, and he's unafraid to confront the crowd. Here he is in Jerusalem, and a fairly large crowd has gathered before him. And in the middle of his sermon, Peter says... Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Peter tells the crowd that they have a problem. They have no relationship with God. They thought they did. They thought they could please God by what they did in leading and living in a decent and upright life, and because of that, they had an I don't need Jesus attitude. I'm okay with God, they thought. I don't need Jesus. God likes me just the way I am. I'm a good person, and that's good enough. The people had no need for Jesus to the extent that they nailed him to the cross. 
But they were wrong, dead wrong. They weren't in God's good grace and favor. If they were, Jesus would not have come back from the dead. But he did, didn't he? And by Jesus' resurrection from the dead, God was giving them a clear and unmistakable evidence that they were wrong. Their I-don't-need-Jesus attitude was wrong. Their I-can-get-along-just-fine-without-Jesus attitude was wrong. They thought they had a relationship with God, but they didn't. In fact, they were going to hell. Peter's sermon cut them to the heart. They sat up and took notes, so to speak. And they came to Peter and the other apostles asking, Brothers, what shall we do? Sadly, this I don't need Jesus attitude so easily sneaks into our way of thinking too. Even I, as a child of God, a Christian, struggle with that attitude. What do I need him for? I don't see him active in my life. I don't need his word. I don't need prayer. I can figure things out on my own. I don't need to gather with others in church. I can come occasionally or every other week or on Christmas and Easter, or maybe not at all. I just don't see why I need Jesus to be a part of my life. Truth be told, that subtle rejection of Jesus is just as dangerous and just as damning as the blatant rejection of Jesus by those in our text. We too must turn to the apostles in spirit and ask, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter answers, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter very pointedly tells the crowd to give up their I don't need Jesus attitude. Turn to Jesus, and he will forgive you. Be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, a new relationship with God, a real relationship with God, a real connection with him, peace of mind, confidence, and joy. All of these things come to us when we are willing regularly to repent of our sins and believe in Jesus. This is where real community and real relationships with others begin. And this is where we need to begin as we take our next step to build a community in Christ. Many who heard the, apostles Peter, the Apostle Peter's preaching that day believed and were saved. Luke tells us those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Praise the Lord.
I've forgotten something, haven't I? I began by telling you that we were going to examine how we might develop relationships with others, but I've been spending all of my time talking about how we can strengthen and deepen our relationship with God. Let me assure you that I had good purpose in the order that I have done things today. And this is my reason. It's only when we have a relationship with God that we can deepen our relationships with others. Let's say that together. It's only when we have a relationship with God that we can deepen our relationships with others. If I'm going to have a good and godly relationship with you, all of us need to have a good and godly relationship with God. In like manner, if I'm going to have a good relationship with my wife or my children or with classmates or co-workers, all of us need to strengthen our relationship with God. It has to start there. The Apostle John says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Consider what happens when we follow the example of the early Christians, when we regularly repent of our sins and renew and rededicate ourselves to Jesus. Luke writes, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. These folks were building a community, weren't they? They were listening to God's word together. They were praying together. They all knew that they had been forgiven in Jesus and that they were going to go to heaven because of Jesus. As they grew in God, they grew in God's grace. And the result? Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and miraculous signs performed by the apostle. God was making it clear to them he was proving to them that their faith in Jesus Christ was not misdirected, that he truly was their Savior from sin. And God was changing their attitudes toward each other. They began to look out for each other. Our text says, selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. They met for worship together. They met for Bible study together. They shared meals in their homes. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They really did care for each other. And they put that caring for each other into action. Isn't that our goal here at St. Paul's? As much as humanly possible, we want to emulate the folks described in our text. We want to be people who, first of all, grow in their relationship with God through faith in His Son, Jesus. And then we want to be people who grow in our relationships with others. For when that happens, then something else will happen. 
will begin to enjoy a special relationship with others. The common bond that we share is of the highest importance. It's more than a common interest in sports or music or hobbies. It's more than having the same vocation or being in the same age group. It's more than having kids in the same school or belonging to the same political party. It's bigger than that. It's way bigger than that. The common bond that we share with each other is our faith in Jesus. That's what holds us together. That's what we attempt to emulate from these folks in our text today. We are people who are devoted to the apostles' teaching. We are people who meet in small groups. We are people who pray together, people who look out for each other, people who break bread in each other's home, people who have glad and sincere hearts, people who praise God and enjoy the favor of the people, people who want God to add to our numbers, just as he did in that early Christian church. For in the words of our mission statement, we declare, by every possible means, we bring every person in our influence closer to Christ. So how might those in our community need to see Jesus? Do you have a neighbor who's suffering and is unaware of the peace that you have found in Jesus? Do you have a friend who is facing a world that seems to be crumbling all around them and doesn't know the refuge that you found in the power of God's Word? Do you have a family member or a close friend who used to sit right here in church with you but has long since wandered from the faith? Build a community. It may be hard work, but it's worth it. And it's never a burden, it's a joy. In fact, it's a service sustained by the certainty that Jesus is risen. Jesus lives, and Jesus wants you and them to be with him forever in heaven. My friends, take advantage of every opportunity God gives you to arrange a meeting between the risen Jesus and a soul in need. This doesn't just happen. It happens when we regularly repent of our I don't need Jesus attitude and we commit ourselves to him as our Savior. When we strive to grow in our relationship with him and in our relationships with others. Someday this community, this togetherness, will be complete and full. For we will stand in Jesus' presence in heaven. As we look forward to that day, let's enjoy a little slice of heaven on this side of eternity by making it our next step 
to build a community in Christ. Let's commit to building relationships that are real and that will last forever. For Jesus' sake, amen. Now the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.